Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Center. Wow. Uh, as long as there are fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans continue here, the Celtics fans continue here, Laker fans continue here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Nikosh and Gordon Gross breaking it down for you once again on a Sunday evening into, I suppose, most people probably listen on a Monday morning. Uh, with the Denver Nuggets getting ready for another preseason game. They've got the Phoenix Suns uh, on Monday night, and they just got their first two games in the books with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Chicago Bills, both losses. So we've got lots to talk about. Uh, Injuries uh, are on the uh, immediately, actually not even on the horizon, they're already uh, in, in effect, and some other uh, interesting tidbits from uh, practices and from the games themselves. So we're going to get into it uh, here all throughout the next uh, hour or so. But first and foremost, I wanted to say uh, hello to my good friend, Gordon Gross. And uh, Gordon, how are you? Good, man. We got to see actual basketball this week. so We did. I, well, I mean, I can complain I mean, about the kind of basketball we saw, but otherwise, like, it was real basketball. So, yeah. I- I don't know if I can call it real basketball. I mean, it, it was it was NBA ish basketball. Like it was NBA adjacent. Yeah, we got to hey, we got to see Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on the court with Nikola Jokic uh, for all of about like what twenty minutes. Yeah, and then the hamstring and or the thigh <laughs> issue. And then, and, yeah, and the, and the wrist and it's and the wrist and it was great. It was great. Yeah. But hey, that's that we had not seen that in what something that was like something like five hundred and some. Uh, some days, I think like five, I don't know, like five, five thirty nine, I think is what Murray said. So, yeah, five hundred thirty nine. There it is. We'll we'll go with Gordon's Gordon's number there. Not going to fact check it. But yes, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we don't fact check this show. This is not no, a fact check. No, no, no. But it was cool. It was cool to see that. So um, we'll definitely talk about the the two preseason games, like I said, uh, that the Nuggets have already played. And then we'll we'll do some talking about the old Phoenix Suns here Monday night. The former nemesis, I guess, still kind of nemesis. Uh, for the for the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns. So let's not delay any longer. But first and foremost, as always, uh, at least in the last two weeks, and I guess now we'll do it for the third week in a row. It is going to be the fast break bets segment. Still too lazy to change the name, so that's what we're going with on it. We're doing it. Yep, we re- we retain the name until you know until somebody hey uh, until somebody wants to come in and you know offer me a sponsorship for the name then exactly by all means means. me and gordon are trying to get paid on this man like it's this is not uh this is not easy anymore out out here in the independent world you gotta you gotta hustle so if anybody uh, has 10 bucks and wants to name the segment just let us know that's it that's it you buy me and gordon we're talking we're looking for that sandwich money yep Uh, that's that's, hey that maybe that'll be a segment one day we'll call it the sandwich money (laughs) segment Uh, anyways uh, i thought i'd start off tonight with something that um I, I you would not normally get, I guess, on a betting uh, show or a betting segment. It would be here is some stuff to not bet on, or some things that I would say you definitely want to stay away from. Which is the first thing that I want to say you want to stay from away from, like 
stop betting on the preseason people please (laughs) good lord man like i i have no idea what's going to happen in any one of these games and i don't really care what happens because it's like it's also pointless especially like once you get into the second half like you know i mean starter sit man it doesn't matter yeah exactly the nuggets are at that point they're playing guys like you know, I mean, Ish Smith is like running the offense and Jack White's out there, you know, like you got, you got some, um, you got some guys who are not going to be getting regular minutes and developing a regular pattern uh, of consistent like play with, with the team night in and night out in the regular season that you could start to understand some of the trends with the team, right? Like there's no trends right now. So like, if you're, if you're betting on, on, on the preseason, uh, you are gambling, you are a gambler, sir. There's this no is yeah. This is it. your. This is on you, basically. Like you've you've chosen this path for yourself. Um, best of luck because it's not going to follow any sort of sense. This is like betting on Korean baseball. Uh, yeah. When you're not when you're not actually an avid follower of it, you just need something. To you're like the on. names sound nice to me. Yeah, exactly. That's how I do. That's how I bet on horse races. To be honest, if I were to bet on horse races, um, the best name wins. Yeah, I got you. That's it. That's it. You know, I never did. I never get in, did get into the, uh, you know, cause I, I enjoy a good, a good wager here and there, but never on, never on any sort of racing uh, with horses or dogs or anything like that. Even though um, I did spend some time at the track when I was a kid, but that's another story. Yeah. We're going uh, to that. We'll get to that later. That'll be a, that'll be like an opening day sort of story. So. <laughs> right. right. Um, getting back into bets that you should not make beyond just the preseason. We are going to look at uh, another one here that you should not make that I was really surprised when I saw it. I was like, this is, I, I don't, and you got to understand it. Like, this is like, maybe I guess in my head, I'm thinking it's like, okay, this is not like what the sports book thinks is going to happen. This is a sports book trying to get even money on both sides of this bet um, to, to be able to yes. get, they want you know, their 10%. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. To get to pay out. And so one of uh, the, the non uh, preseason bets that you can still do right now is some futures. And so I was looking at their uh, over there at DraftKings, I was looking at their like team specific kind of futures that they had. Um, and I, I noticed this one. And I was like, man, that's just like, a, that's just like a really, really unlikely to happen. It is Nikola Jokic to average 28 points per game it'll give you plus 170 plus 170 for Nicole Jokic to set a career high in scoring or Gordon I mean like there's absolutely no no way this happens right I can't possibly see this there's there's no way that you bet this one it is completely daft to assume that in a year where Nicole Jokic is supposed to have all of his help back he's going to score more points than he did last year where he didn't have yeah, when it was just him and so and like he was missing both MPJ and and Jamal. Like you can't assume that he's going to be able to, you know, improve his scoring now. And even if both of those guys went out again, the Nuggets didn't add enough scorers over what they had last year for that to be a thing. Yeah, like, he's, he's not gonna shoot. He shot 18 shots two years ago. He shot 18 shots a game last year. He's gonna shoot like 18 or fewer this year. He's not going up to 21 shots or something. It's right, not exactly. going to happen. It's not the way he plays the game. He'll he'll pass it in the corner to Tory Craig because that is the baseball or the rather the basketball correct situation. Sorry, the, the Mariners won a playoff game for the first time in 21 years. So I'm still 
baseball minded. But they won a whole playoff series. They, they won a series, man. It's crazy talk. But the there's no way in which Nicole Jokic is going to say, you know what, I'm just going to shoot the ball all the time, every situation, no matter what, to get my scoring up to 28, 29 points a game. He's not going to do that. No, and the other thing you got to think about is, like, even if Murray um, particularly were to go down and Michael Porter Jr. again, so, like, again, we're back in a scenario last season when he only averaged 27 points per game, but somehow then we're still into that kind of scenario. Like, the other thing is Monty Morris plays for the Washington Wizards. And so now – if Jamal Murray is out, your starting point guard is going to be Bones Highland. Bones Highland is going to take a lot more shots than Monty yep. Morris did, especially if he's getting starter minutes and playing, you know, um, running the offense outside of when Jokic has the ball in his hands. Like, I 100%. There's just, I just can't see it. Like, I wouldn't take this bet at plus 1700, right? Alone, plus 170. So it is a, um, yeah, do it was. Yeah, I, do I, not I, bet on the career high scoring for for Jokic. It right. is unlikely Stay in the extreme. From that, not enough juice for that squeeze. They also said you could also add in like plus thirteen rebounds um, a game. I think, and he would like uh, you'd get like plus bump it up to like plus two sixty or something like that. And I was like, well, you know, you know, I mean, and then you might as well just put in a quick bet on him winning the MVP because that's yeah, again, hey, you might yeah, <laughs> you should just be betting the MVP again at that point. If he if he scores 28 plus puts up 14 rebounds, you know, and and clears well, you know, if he's a triple double every game with that, then yeah, he's gonna be the MVP again. Like I don't know what to tell you. If that's what you think is happening, just bet them all. Right. Yeah, like you're you are all in on the nuggets. For sure. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, this bet, I thought a little more, a little more realistic. I could see this one happening. It still involves a career high in scoring, um, I believe. But it would be Jamal Murray to score twenty-two points per game, and then a nice little kicker on there you could do was also have the Nuggets win uh, the Northwest Division. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like. All right, if Jamal Murray would be a career high, his career high right now, I believe, in scoring is 21.2 points per game. So 22 would be uh, a little bit higher than where he was uh, the season he went down with the knee injury. You would pretty much expect the Nuggets to then win the Northwest Division if you're getting 22-plus out of Jamal um, on the year. And I didn't look at the stipulations on, like, how many how many games these guys would actually have to play in the season to get these, but I would imagine it's going to have to be something like, you know, at least, at least like 60 to 60 to 65. <clears throat> what do you think, Gordon? Would you take Jamal at 22 points per game this year? Nope. So Gordon is Gordon is against both of these bets. He is, he is not a fan. I just, I don't see it, man. Like uh, the thing is, Jamal Murray has always been an inconsistent regular season player. He brings it in the playoffs and he's been inconsistent. He does start slow. He starts slow in the regular season. Like that's Don't ask him thing. about it in media day. But, no, he gets, uh, he gets salty. <laughs> but like, I'm not, I'm not expecting it. And once again, you're asking him to have a career high in scoring in the year he comes back from an ACL injury. So he'll start a, a game and then maybe have some limited minutes. You know what I mean? That's going to bring your, your points per game down because you're played the whole game. It's not that he's going to be playing 35 minutes a game when healthy and, and zero minutes when he's not healthy. He's going to be playing less than 35 minutes averaged over the season per game. So he's not going to get to his 22 points. It's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, as we're going to talk about here in a bit, too, I mean, Jamal, <clears throat> Jamal's going to have to work himself back uh, into, into playing both mentally and physically, and it's yep. going to take some time. Um, so I, I can see that, too. I Yeah, this is a bet probably next year uh, I would right. feel better about. Uh, that's when most people, you know, when you, you hear guys talk about coming back from an ACL, they talk about how it's really that second season back that you feel like, okay, I'm all the way back now. Um, and I can, and I can really let loose. So I, I you're right to, to ask for a career high end scoring, um, out of Jamal is, is probably asking a bit much. I think, like I said, I, I like, the, the, the kicker in there that, oh, well, if the Nuggets get uh, the Northwest division, it bumps it up to like plus 260 uh, or maybe like plus 240. But the, the 22 points is a big ask. If that was probably a little bit lower, like somewhere around like 20 points per game. Yeah. Um, you do think game. about it. Right. I'm just thinking like I remember – what was it? Um, uh, when we had uh, Zach Levine, like, you know, had his yep. knee injury. And then he came back, but he shot a bunch more shots for Chicago. Like he, he just started gunning. And I guess if if like Jamal was just going to throw up four more shots again than he was throwing up before, he might get somewhere. But I don't, I do not expect that to happen. You know, Maul again is going to shoot, you know, sixteen shots a game, fifteen shots a game. That's what he's always done. He's not going to go up to 18, 19, 20 all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I mean, just don't expect it. For, for Jamal to follow sort of that Zach Levine arc like you're talking about, like the Nuggets would have to trade him. Right now, Jamal Murray is Zach Levine on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like he's not that top guy um, in, in the lineup. And so he's not getting – he's not never going to get a ton of shots because there's other – there's at least two other guys in the lineup, right, who also need a ton of shots, whether it's, you know, Carl Anthony Townsend but I guess Andrew Wiggins back then, um, or now, you know, with the Nuggets with Jokic and, and, and Michael Porter Jr. Right. He's just not going to get uh, those kind of shots. Whereas if like, yeah, if the Nuggets were to do something like Minnesota did when they traded Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler, you know, if the Nuggets you know, traded for, I don't know, whoever, uh, and, and Jamal ended up on a team where there's really not a ton of other scoring options, then sure, you see that, that big jump. If they if they uh, traded exactly if they traded you know MPJ for, I mean even OG Ananobi would take shots. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, like, I'm trying to think of a defensive first like three who would be in the starting lineup who wouldn't be getting shots up. You know, but OG got 14 shots up last year. You know, 14, 15 shots. So I mean that's what I'm expecting Michael Porter Jr. to do. So yeah, yeah I just I don't see the I don't see the shots in the starting lineup not at the pace that Denver plays at. They're not a run and gun, you know, shoot it in the first seven seconds kind of team. That's not their thing. Yeah. So say like, I mean, if uh, the Nuggets were to trade Jamal Murray for like Bradley Beal, right. Uh, And a deal like that. And so then Jamal goes to like Washington, which would be funny because then he'd be back with Monty Morrison and Will Barton. But, um, you know, there would not be, he would instantly be the number one option on that offense and you would expect him to get more shots that right. that would be similar to like the, the path that Zach Levine went on. It's not going to happen necessarily here though, in Denver, when you've got uh, Jokic 
uh, and and Michael Porter Jr. It's just a flatter peak. It's just it's just a it's just a mesa. Like it, there, there's this level at the top where you're not going to get more than 18 shots a game for anybody. That's just how right. it is. And it so expecting anybody to be able to put up 22 plus points a game on that few shots and not get into the line a million times is not going to happen. Yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. All right, so we'll that will that we will conclude then the fast break bets segment with two two stinkers, two thumbs down. Nikola Jokic to average twenty eight. That's okay. Yeah, twenty. Don't make sucker bets. That is the point of this <laughs> of this entire segment today. Um, Don't be a sucker. Yeah, Jokic to average twenty eight points per game. Jamal Murray to average twenty two. Uh, both. Not solid bets, but again, I, I wonder if like the Nuggets with like a little bit, they've got like a little bit of of national like coverage and like national recognition. People obviously know who Nikola Jokic is now as the back to back MVP, which has then made them pay a little bit of attention to understanding why he won MVP last season, uh, and and then understanding that he's missing Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So you can see how people like, you know, you can see how money is getting put down on these guys and, and kind of inflating uh, those numbers a bit, those averages that they got to reach for these bets to pay out uh, because people just don't really understand. That's not, not really how the Nuggets offense works. Um, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe we're both wrong. Now, now, now they're going to both break that this year and we're going to come back to this podcast. I hope both of those guys that would be amazing cash both of these things yep. like terrific man, i it love would it be, it'd be great um all right we're gonna move on and we're gonna get into what has the the more recent events uh rather than the distant future and that is the most uh these le- recent two preseason games to start the 2022-2023 season first the oklahoma city thunder uh that was gosh, that was way back on uh it was like last Monday, I think. Um, yep. And then followed up with on Friday, I believe it was the uh, Chicago Bulls in in Chicago. Both losses for the Nuggets, I guess. As we we, uh, I don't know. It's it's a downer in terms of these first two preseason games for me because. Like we've already got two potentially uh, significant injuries. I guess we'll wait and see. Maybe it's hoping like just day-to-day nagging injuries. Uh, but Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic, Gordon, with with injuries that that were obviously with Murray, it's the hamstring. Uh, at least it looked like the hamstring. I think they said a thigh injury. Well, he took he also took a knee to the thigh. So it's it's a question of did he just Charlie horse a leg or did he actually pull something basically? Yeah, I guess that's that's I'm not sure either. I guess we can look it up because that's uh, that would be. Make... I don't. They don't. Well, the, the Nuggets aren't going to tell us. They're, they're they're basically hockey people. They're like lower body injury. Good luck. <laughs> right, right. They let you know like uh, he's got something going on with the leg. What does he do um, back before the end of the year? Okay, thanks for nothing. Yeah. They don't tell us anything. That's just how it's going to be. But it looked like a hamstring when he grabbed it, when he grabbed it his thigh. That's what I assumed that he was. So whether or not he took a, a knee that also caused him some other pain, it still looked like he pulled a hammy to me at least. But um, that, that depends. That could be a week. That could be three weeks. You know, that we I don't know. Um, don't rush him back. That's my hope. 
Uh, but he may not play another preseason game. I don't know. Um, if he goes back out there on Monday, I will have concerns. Yeah. Like, simply because um, the Nuggets have a history of playing guys with quote-unquote lower body injuries too soon and having them get repeat body injuries. Like, that's that's been their thing forever. That's how you get guys you know, who uh, just get continually injured. And the thing with a hamstring, because it's a long muscle, if it is a hamstring injury, you need to rest that thing completely because otherwise it'll nag you all year. That's just how it goes. They become chronic injuries. Yeah, um, I mean, we've seen it uh, time and time again with guys who kind of try and push groin, uh, a hamstring or a groin, groin, anything like, yeah, down your lower, lower core. I mean, yep. uh, hip, your hip flexors. We've seen it with uh, abdominals. And the, and the thing, I mean, gosh, how, how many times have we seen it with uh, Will Barton and, and other things like that? Will Barton and Gary Harris, man. And again, those groin injuries, like normally what you're pulling there is an adductor, which is another long muscle of the leg. It's not a hamstring. It's inside the thigh instead of on the back of the thigh, but it's the same length of muscle. You know, and once you start pulling them and once they start getting messed up, if you do not fix them, they will bug you all year. And I don't want that from all. So I'm hoping that the Nuggets don't worry about trying to get him more preseason work. Um, if he's if he's still feeling any kind of effects at all. Um, I do not trust the staff to get him prepped in time. So I would prefer that he just sit. As far as Jokic, I'm not. If it's actually just a sprain, that's good. I mean, a sprain is a uh, – they said strain, right? Isn't that what they said? He strained a he strained a muscle. Yeah, again, I mean – He didn't sprain a ligament. That's fine. If he strained it, that's fine. It's it, it, like, again, give the guy, you know, let him baby it for another game. Um, I, That's much better than having another broken carpal or something, which he's had before. You know, right. Just, I think what, what concerns me with both of these or what should be concerning with both of these guys is like these are types of injuries, certainly with Jamal, like you were saying, um, and also though with Jokic is something that we know bothered him last year. Yeah. Um, these are injuries that you can make much, much worse by not by trying to push it too hard, like. You do not want Jamal Murray's strained hamstring to become a torn one, right? To be one that's like completely like now he's out for eight to 10 weeks yeah. because this thing is completely torn and we've got, you know, he's going to have to have surgery on it. Uh, you do not want Jokic's wrist uh, to become something again, where you've got uh, a ligament or something torn or yep, or and he's got to have surgery to fix it. Yeah, right, exactly. Or you've get you know, a bone that was bruised that becomes you know gets hit again and now is broken. Like these these type of things um, are not worth risking for the preseason. That that at yeah. least is what I can say for sure. Yeah, I, I don't want that in the preseason. Like if if neither of them play again in the preseason, I don't care. Like I care about them being healthy. Would it be annoying to uh, to not be able to play more than like one half of basketball with our starters before the, the tip-off? Absolutely. That would be annoying. However, I would much rather have that happen than we miss the first month of the season for Maul because he went back out there on a hamstring that wasn't entirely healed on Monday, and then he does more damage to himself. Like yeah. That would bother me. So if it was just a if it was just a thigh bruise and we're all sure about that and he's out there, okay. 
Y'all better be really sure. Like, are, are you concerned though that because now the Nuggets, because now like this would have been much better to happen for for Jamal, particularly in the first game, right? When like then we had four days before he played another game two against right. Chicago and then three days before now we're going to play game three against Phoenix because now, you know, it's Phoenix on Monday and then uh, what I think they got like the, the Lakers or something that they're coming up with now on um, no, the Clippers. Sorry. I knew it was one of those that's the other LA team. Yeah. Yeah. So they got, they got the Clippers on Wednesday and they got golden state on Friday. So it's, do you, I mean, do we see Jamal again during this preseason? Um, I want to say probably not. Uh, but again, it, it depends on how bad the leg thing is. The thing is, is that Maul will lie about it. That's why I'm hoping that they that they sit on him. Because yeah. Jamal wants to play. Jamal plays on like rolled ankles and like injured whatever all the time. You watch him limp around the court and you're like, yeah, that guy's not okay. And then he goes up and puts up 30. And you're like, well, he's warrior, but I don't want him to be a warrior this year going through like, you know, a bunch of unnecessary injuries before we even get to the playoffs. You're going to have to keep him healthy to get him to the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, we have the game tomorrow. We have the Clippers on Wednesday, the Warriors on a back-to-back on Friday, or not a back-to-back, but like we have the Warriors Friday. And then, you know, the Jazz are our next thing. So right, which is not. I mean, it's five days after that Warriors game, so a little that's what bit I'm of saying. time. Like, well, that gives you time to heal. If you play him again and he tweaks something again, you only get those four or five days to recover. If you don't play him again in the preseason, he's got ten days from now until the start of the season. Yeah, but does it? Do you do you worry about the rust because he's only played yeah. like you know forty minutes? How much? How much more are you going to play him? You're going to play him twenty minutes, right? Yeah, I mean, I would think maybe you give him at least one more game, um, if not two. But I doubt, yeah, I doubt you try and give him two now with, right? Because uh, they're not. I mean, they said they've listed him both him and Jokic's. As, as and you don't play him in the cursed arena. Yes, that, and that's the other thing too. To send him back to, to Golden State, probably you don't not. play him in Golden yeah. State. Like I don't so, ever want him to play in Golden State again. <clears throat> so like, yeah. So you play him at the Utah game, I guess, or not Utah. Um, you play him with the Clippers. Play him, play him, play him against the Clippers game. Yeah. If you're going to play him, that's what I would do. I would I would give yeah. him another couple of days. If you feel like he's got to play and he and he feels better, I would play him against the Clips, sit him against the Warriors, play him against the Jazz. But otherwise, like if he doesn't play, I'm not worried about it. Is he going to be Rusty? Yeah. Is Rusty Jamal better than like some healthy options for some other people? Also, yeah. Yeah. So. What about Jokic, do you do you see him playing anymore this this pre? Because I to me to him, I'm like it's fine. Like it, there's absolutely zero need to play one more minute of of Nikola Jokic in the preseason. Like I, I will he tell you, he played preseason all summer long. Like it's fine. Well, yeah, he did, but like Pope doesn't know how to play with him. Like that's my only concern is getting the other guys. Yeah, to, but that's like, fine. Like whatever. Like just remember. stand in the corner and shoot threes, dude. Right. Fun. Like, I, I personally think that he may be under another one of those don't shoot, just like play basketball things. Um, well, like this is one of the reasons like I really love KCP instead of Will Barton in this lineup because I think KCP is like totally fine with it. And I think it like works perfectly and you need that in your lineup. Like I'm serious, like go stand in the corner and, yep. and grab rebounds, play defense, shoot in the corner and do some cuts to the rim because I'll find you there too. Yep, exactly. And like that, 
he'll be fine. And, and everybody else, you know, Murray, Porter, Gordon, like all these guys have had time now with Jokic. They right. know how to make this work. Like, granted, yes, we have not yet had all five of them together. But that's what I'm saying is like they, the person that they're integrating the most is going to be KCP into this lineup. And it's like, whatever, like that's that's finally they're finally set up now to have that role be like the least consequential role um, right. on offense instead of, you know, trying praying instead of, for, instead of it being to, massively important to do yeah. that. Well, right. like, you know, because like, that's what you wanted out of Will Barton. Like they, you want it and if you wanted it, like you could have it on steroids if Will would, would actually do it, you know, if he, cause he could be a pretty good defender um, and he's, we know he can shoot. So, but the problem is, is when, once the ball hit his hands, he wasn't just going to swing it and then like go to the corner. Like, you know, there's Will, he's going to. Well, Will's, yeah. Well, Will's got a ball. Like the thing is right. that he, he can't just sit there. He's like, I got to do something other than just shoot. Whereas, um, Hope is fine with that limitation. It doesn't seem like that's going to be a problem for him. So for me, uh, do I think that, do I care if Jokic plays another minute? No. Do I think it is more likely that Jokic plays a game than Murray, or that, let's put it this way, that Jokic gets more minutes in the remaining preseason games than Murray does? Yes, I do think that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I would say so as well. I think, um, you know, the wrists too, they they can pad that thing up uh and, and get him out there it, uh, but at the same time like i said i i whatever like we're fine we, it's unnecessary got, we're playing yeah. opening night we're playing utah which is like playing a, a g league team practically anyways they're probably so, gonna beat us anyway because yeah, the, of the course they don't of course they play down to their competition so i definitely it's at loss. Utah. yeah which on opening night at Utah, that's a tough place to play a basketball game if you're if you're not the jazz yep um so yeah that guy do i expect I, it to be annoying yes i do and yep. then, of course, the weird part is that right after that, the Nuggets are going to you play go Golden, to Golden State, State and then back National to back, TV. but back to back to get home to the Thunder for your. Yeah, then they night. then they even though they're going to be the home team for their home, they're doing their home opener on the worst, yep. um, the worst travel that you can do, which is coming from California the night before on a national television, the late night tip on a national yep. TV game to a Denver Nuggets game on uh, non-local TV game the yep. next night at 7 p.m. They lose like, the hour on the jet. You lose yeah, the hour on the jet. An you hour you lose an hour because, yeah, the game starts an hour later. Like, yeah, sometimes an hour to hour and 15, you know, later because because they, the the first game on ESPN might not quite be wrapped up yet. So they'll, they can push that tip um, a little bit. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough – it's a tough opening slate for yeah, it's, so, but the only, the only saving grace of it is because there's also the three of the first four uh, games are also on the road. Um, the only saving grace they have is outside of golden state, not a ton of uh, what you would call marquee competition. I guess the next best team would be the Portland trailblazers who are, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked about Portland last week. Um, <laughs> Again, it, well, I'll see what they do. They have interesting pieces, but. Well, I'm not sure what they're doing. So yeah, the Nuggets, the Nuggets schedule set up weird. So I do expect the Nuggets to have a, a a weird end of their preseason, and I expect them to have a weird start as far as personnel to their regular season. So if this winds up with their other personnel getting more time to work, go ahead. Like what I, I that's fine with me. You're probably going to need those guys anyway because you have that back to back. Some of them are probably going to play in Golden State that you wouldn't expect as many minutes from. Because if I you would, want your home opener, if you want Maul to be playing your home opener, then you're not going to play him in Golden State. That's just the fact. Yeah, I would. I would also again like why play him in Golden State? Like, 
You just sit that game. Um, all right, let's uh, moving off a little bit of, of Jamal and Jokic to the one guy who has not been hurt uh, in their big three, which is Michael Porter Jr. But uh, hell yeah, perhaps has just had his his feelings hurt uh, by good lord. I just, sorry, real brief tangent: ninety six dollars tickets as low as ninety six dollars for that game in Golden State. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Uh, anyways, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, has been I, I've been re- looking really well. I mean, he's he's done. He's, he's two games in. Michael Porter Jr. looks like Michael Porter Jr. At least I mean, he had what like twenty. Where was it? Twenty two points in like, or was it twenty points in twenty two minutes? Um, yeah, like against shots, Chicago. He had, I believe, also seven rebounds to go with that. So, yeah. uh, you my know. guy, I'm an MPJ guy. You know that. Like, that's my thing. I'm, I'm an MPJ guy. I believe in him. Um, I think he's uh, got all the talent in the universe. And I think if they can harness him, Jamal, and Jokic, um, all you need is enough stops in a five-minute period, and you win every game. Like, you're, no one's going to be able to stop you. Like, it, because, again, you can't bother Michael Porter Jr.'s shot unless, you know, you're Wemby. If you were seven foot five, you could probably block a shot. Otherwise, it's not real likely. Right. And I mean, in that first game, he only played uh, 14 minutes, but he was five of seven uh, shooting for 12 points. So like, yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike looks, he looks good. He's, he's, he's looking like uh, the type of player that is worth, you know, however they're paying him uh, 25 million a season or something like that. Um and and that's something that is 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 really I think beneficial to the Nuggets, but it does seem like Coach Malone Gordon is maybe not uh, as thrilled with some of the shot selection from it, Michael Porter Jr. It drives me crazy. His quotes drive me crazy, and I I know Malone definitely does not care what I think about what he says about the offense, but I really don't think that a guy whose preferred players just build brick houses on the rim is the sort of guy that should be like judging the shots that Michael Porter Jr. is taking and making, you know, I, I, I get that in the scheme of things, if you're a high school basketball coach, you do not want your high school basketball players taking those shots. Totally get that. Um, you don't want them taking steps, falling down one footers against double coverage from 40 feet either, but he makes those. So you live with them. And MPJ is like that. Like, yes, I understand that he's covered. I get, I get that if someone else like Contavious Caldwell Pope was getting that shot up and that was his chosen shot, you would say maybe you could do better than that. But MPJ makes these stupid shots all the time. He, he was the most efficient shooter in league history last year from deep. Like from as a guy who's not playing a center, basically a non-big, you know, somebody who's not just dunking all the time. Um, most efficient, uh, two years ago when he, when he played all those games and he, and he scored 19 points a game, he did that while taking like the third hardest shots in the league. Right. Okay. So it's a known skill. He's got that skill. And MPJ himself, Mike says, I have always taken these shots. I have always made these shots. It usually bothers coaches, but then, you know, basically they'll, they'll figure it out and they'll, they'll get used to it. And Malone's not getting used to it yet. And I get that. It's hard to accept that this, what you think is a bad shot for him is actually a fine shot. 
Right. Um, but he's going to have to get used to it because what I don't want, and this was what we had in um, Michael's rookie season, was that MPJ would come in and um, would jack up a shot randomly, and then Malone would freak out and yank him out the game. You know that this is not the time for that. He's a max player. He's not. It's not quite a max deal, but you know what I mean. It's close, yeah. I mean, it's it's... close enough. Right. Um, that you're paying him to like be that guy to score those points to make hard shots. So let him make them. And if you think they should be easier, okay, then we, you know, that's something you can work on during the season. But telling him not to shoot those shots, I think, is ridiculous. That it it basically devalues his shot making in the same way that it would if you said that about Jokic and Malone specifically excluded Jokic from those comments by saying, well, we know Jokic makes hard shots. Right, yeah. So, so I mean, this is this is the quote uh, exactly. Like, I want to get it pulled up. It's a, he said, we don't want to take contested mid-range shots, especially early in the clock. Now, the caveat to that is obviously we have a player in Nikola Jokic who is not a good but great mid-range shooter. We don't want to take that away from him. But to your point, just because a shot goes in doesn't mean it's a good shot. I think Michael Porter made a contested mid-range two last night. The spacing was awful. The execution was awful. And the shot went in. Poor possession, poor shot. We can get better than that. And that is that quote just bugs the crap out of me because it's like Michael Porter Jr. is a better mid-range shooter than Nicole Jokic. I'm sorry. Like, Nicole Jokic no. is awesome. I love Nicole. He's great. He's not a better shooter than Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is the best shooter on your team. It's not even close. Like, it's him, and there's, like, two <laughs> tiers down, and then we'll start talking where do you want Nicola versus Jamal to, like, and Bones to, like, fall into place. But, like, it's it's MPJ and everyone else. So, it's, like, to, like, sit here – and I don't – it drives me nuts with him sometimes. And I'm a huge Malone supporter. And I always have been when they were people. You always have been. The pitcher forks out and wanting to fire him, you know, three, four years ago, whatever it was. Like, I you, yeah, you, you fought it. me off. You were like, <laughs> no, he's gotten better every year. You can't fire the coach who gets better every year. It's just stupid. Exactly. I remember. This, this part drives me nuts about him because it's like, he, it just seems like it seems like it's personal with him. He's like, no, like I will not. Uh, he's like, I, he's like pissed off that MPJ is like, like there must have been some like six foot ten guy who, who had a sweet shot back in like high school <laughs> who beat up on beat up on Coach Malone because like he has this grudge. It feels like against Michael Porter Jr. and letting him just shoot the ball, but like. I mean, I watch him. I watch him just bury threes like dead eye right in the guy's face, and and it's it's nothing to him. Like it's nothing but just like bottom of the net. And it's like, all right, I get it. I get it, coach. Like there's this classic like you know thought process of we can do better than that, and it's a it's bad process, shot. good result. Yeah, but he, it, he hates bad process, good result, but it's not bad process for MPJ. It's not when, when the guy he'll knock that he'll knock that mid range jumper down like. And it's like a 65% clip or something like that. It's going to be just as effective and efficient for him as it is uh, shooting it from three or well, know, shooting it open, kicking open it out versus to, like, covers. KCP. He's the same shooter. Yeah, like, I mean, he's six dead. Like, and they're going to cover him. <laughs> they're going to cover him with some like six, eight, six, nine guy. They're going to, you know, like, yeah, he'll probably uh, not be able to take a ton of guys off the dribble, but he can absolutely rise up over them and bury a shot 
Like I'll, I'll take that shot every time. And it, oh, it just, oh, I drink. It just drives me nuts with him on this one because it's, they're holding back MPJ because they want him to be like this perfect, like, you know, like grinder or something. And they, they, they want to turn him into like Ryan Anderson. I feel like half the time. And like Ryan Anderson was a really good player, but like that's it. Michael Porter Jr. can do so much more for you. Like, and, well, and that's that's my thing too. Is is it? It does feel to me like Malone is very much saying know your role to MPJ and wants him to be KCP. He wants yeah, him to be Pope, right, exactly. And he's he's not going to be Pope. Like he's not just going to run to a corner and hang out to you know, and then let Jamal and Jokic run a one-five pick and roll forty-five times a game. Like that's he's not going to do that. And if you think he should do that, then that's probably a, an offensive playbook design problem. And not an MPJ problem. Because again, if he's the greatest shooter on your team and one of the greatest shooters in the league, then you should probably find a way to get him the ball because he doesn't, he's not an on ball guy. My thing, my thing with MPJ and their usage of him and what I want to see this year. Now, remember Malone always resets every year. He forgets everything that happened. (laughs) Like he always goes back to baseline. How long do we fight? We're like, just give a run the Dan offense through Jokic. Yep. Like every every like every seasons. September he was like, well, we're going to have to figure out some other way to do this because we can't keep relying it's on like Jokic. Jameer Nelson where he's going to have to we're going to run it through Jameer. Yeah, every every year for like 3 years we did that because it just didn't seem possible for this to actually be legit. And then he figures out, "Oh, it's legit." And then he embraces it. And he's like, "I've always thought it was legit." Right. And that's fine. I have no problem with the fact that he's going to come around to this and believe that as will happen. As long as he comes around. Right. So I'm fine with that. But this is the conflict that they have to resolve, you know, which is Michael Porter Jr. is not on ball. So unless he's getting a rebound and bringing up the floor himself, like he's not an on ball guy. And that's when he said to jack up rando threes for no reason, because he's like, well, I haven't shot the ball in 12 minutes. So, yeah, I'm right. going to get a shot up. Right. And he's a good cutter and he's 6'10". Yes. Run some, run some like a place for him that get him like, cutting towards the rim off ball and like, you let man throw him an alley oop, or just like get him, and he does that, and they do do those make make those plays for him, and I like that. But like, they also I think there's also a level of you have to be willing to be like, hey, we're gonna swing this ball to Mike, and he's probably gonna shoot it, and like he may or may not be covered, but I think it's Jokic, fine. It's Mike. Like, let him shoot the ball. Jokic like, has to accept that too, like because Jokic knows it's a stupid play too. That's yeah. the problem is Jokic is a basketball savant, and he knows you shouldn't be taking that shot. And he, like Malone, have to be like, yeah, that's my guy. He can take that shot. Right. You know, and yeah, once like, they're okay with that, I think that'll be fine. It's just a matter of it's just like it's just like Bones Highland shooting a three-pointer when yep. he's like four feet behind the three-point line. Yeah. Like I'm I don't want K I don't want KCP taking that shot. I don't want Bruce Brown taking that shot. Right. I don't want Nikola Jokic taking that shot. Bones Island, like yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Like, he, yeah, he can shoot that. Like there, there's different guys have different strengths and can and do things that that other guys in the league can't, and you have to be okay with that to a certain degree. Like I get that. Like we always want to have the perfect shot and the most efficient offense that we always got to strive in. Like as a coach, of course, you're like you got to harp on that sometimes, but at the same time, like you got to understand, man. Like there's there's a reason. Uh, you you gave Michael Porter Jr. that contract. There's a reason that like you traded away 
Will Barton and Monte Morris because you had Bones Highland. Like, yep, you got to let these guys cook a little bit. Like, that's just the way it goes. Like, they what they can do, the things that they can do that other people can't is what makes them special. And you got to let them be themselves. And you can't, um, and you can't okay punish them. them for their defense either. That's my other thing is I understand that MPJ and Bones are both works in progress on defense. I actually really enjoyed the effort that uh, Porter was getting on defense. He he was doing some work. Some guys scored over him anyway, but he was making yep. him work for it. And, I mean, that's going to happen. You know, I mean, some, there's going to be times where you defend Zach Levine just fine and he scores anyway. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, yeah, I mean, they, the – now open threes there were a lot of open threes but a lot of that wasn't mpj like that no my thing is is like there was there were failings all over the place on defense and that's partly because you're trying to fit in new guys who have had very little time to know their roles and to know what because team defense is a team defense thing knowing where the other guy is going to be is just as important as knowing where you're supposed to be yeah you know and those are the things that are hard to get in like two weeks of camp but I expect that all to get better. And all you want from Bones and MPJ is the effort on defense. You want them to like get in the way without fouling. You don't want a bunch of fouls, but you want to get in the way and disrupt stuff. And as long as you're doing that, as long as you're competent, as long as you know where you're supposed to be, it'll be okay. But on offense, where they're supposed to be is going to be more up to them. And that I think is the hard thing. Um, uh, Malone's a control freak and, and most coaches are. Very few coaches are like, no, I love it when people make up their own stuff. Right. You know, like, right. yeah, I mean, for, for I, I mean, he still is calling plays. Um, I know, like, which is weird. It's, it's, I think it's also part of it is it's just weird for us for Nuggets fans because we we lived through a good what like you know, uh, the George Carl era was a good like decade um, of like never calling one play once. So never having an out of bounds play, never right. having a play you like you'd have like two play calls in a game and you'd be like, oh, they called a play today. All right. Right, which is like, ah, man, it's just just the timing to line up. Like, man, I would love, I'd love to see Nikola Jokic in a Carl, with Carl, George and Carl. Jokic would have been some sort of unbelievable thing. It like, been, I, yeah, I know Carl would have loved it. I really do because Nikola Jokic knows everything, and Carl would have just talked basketball with him, like on plane rides, just be drawing stuff on napkins all for hours. Yeah, exactly. Would Jokic be like, "Let me listen to my music," and Carl would be like, "No, we got to draw stuff on napkins." Jokic would, uh, but at the end of the day, like you know, the more of that free willing offense that you just don't see uh, with with Michael Malone. Uh, it's just, that's the thing, sure. and and so it's always going to be. And I don't mind the 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 push and pull. I don't mind the fact that like you know Malone is like, no, we got to wheel it back. You guys are being too crazy, and we're not getting the right shots. I'm going to call a rage timeout, get you back on track, and we're going to focus. Fine, that's I get that. That's necessary, but also right. there's times he has to let go of the reins. And be like, you know what? I may not like the shot. It keeps going in. That's a me problem, not a you problem. And I fully yeah. expect him to get to that. There's, there will be, there will be some like movement between the sides this year. It's just annoying to hear it. I, I always annoys me every every preseason to have Malone forget what happened the last year or the last two years and be like, well, here's what we're gonna do. And then we try it for the first two weeks and it's terrible. And then we go back to what works. So that's yeah, exactly that's fine. It, um, yeah, it did not exactly uh, lend to just a rage inducing uh, quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like, exactly. It's, it's, 
did not lead to progress there. But you're you're absolutely right, and I hadn't even really thought about that yet. But you're right; he does do this every single season to us. Every season, man. It's I, I'm not. That's why I don't get that bit out of shape about it anymore. I remember all those times he told me that we can't keep doing this with with Jokic, and that's not going to work, and we can't keep doing this with Murray, and that's not going to work. We can't keep, and then we keep doing it, and it keeps working. So. <laughs> Like, it will be okay. It's just weird basketball. And I understand it from a guy who's a very traditional coach. Right. You know, yep. that for him, you know, I mean, he he would have been fine coaching in the 80s. You know, that that's, that's like bread and butter, beat him up, play defensive basketball, know your personnel, do your role, whatever. You know, don't – what was it that Carl said about J.R. Smith? Um, insulting the integrity of the game, or <laughs> yes, how he insulted the game of basketball. It's... Yeah, right in front of his eyes, you know, because he because he, he took like a thirty-five foot three or something with uh, like ten seconds left on the yeah. clock. Carl would have hated Bones Island. Oh yeah, uh, but I'm just saying, like it's it's that sort of stuff, you know, where when you're a traditional enough coach, you know, it, it's going to bother you, and the new guys are just going to do what they do, and the the analytics guys are telling you it's actually fine, because even when they miss that shot, it stretches the floor. Right. So, you know, don't worry about it. It, it. That's what you want, you know, and the fact that MPJ is going to take that shot is going to mean they're going to have to cover him even closer, which means that he can eventually put up a shot fake and guys will blow right by him. Right. They have to close out so hard. Right. Uh, because he's proven to them he'll shoot even if they're right there. You can't get close enough. There's no such thing as close enough. You've got to block it or he's going to shoot. And at that point, he's going to get a plenty of blow bys and be able to just go, eh you know, whatever, and go to the hoop directly himself and dunk it. Um, right. So, I, I mean, that's that's what happens. That's how you bend defenses. And that's all I want to see from the Nuggets this year is for Bones and MPJ and Murray now that he's back to go ahead and continue to bend defenses because Jokic down on the block is going to take all kinds of attention. And once you bend the defense by having guys who can make all the shots they didn't make last year, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a credible pressure on on opposing defenses and it should make life easier for Jokic so we don't have to do so much you know 23 seconds of the shot clock for Jokic to put up a a double team you know paint shot that goes in they are gonna have to figure out how to limit uh teams to less than 131 points uh Uh, the defense was not oh again I don't care about preseason and also the world problem also 53.6 percent uh from the three-point line well I think like 62 percent from the field or something it was ridiculous yeah and not all of that not all of that is defense either some of that's just it doesn't matter they're playing like it's a scrimmage and they got it to go in sometimes the shots just fall man and I know Malone hates that you know but sometimes yeah and, and you know what I think that I noticed especially in the Chicago game that that was interesting was uh, it was really the bench group, um, you know, uh, when, when Zeke Naji was out there, unfortunately, and Bruce Brown and like, yep. um, and you had Ish Smith running your, running your offense, which I actually like Ish Smith. I feel, I feel better about Ish. I think Ish is going to get more minutes know, than I thought since, this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Since I feel, I feel fine with him as your number three point guard. Like that's, that's, that's great. That's a perfect third point guard for you. Uh, for your team. Um, <clears throat> but when those guys were out there, they, they were, they, the defense was, really rough uh but that's the adjustment know. period right i mean Najee has never played with basically any of those guys right yeah exactly played like with bones. Ish, ish and bruce brown yeah but, but not I mean, at center but bones but bones also played a lot we started with with the starters yep um to finish out his his shift because jamal went out with the ball with, with yep. the hammy you know and so yeah that's, you got you got a lot of ish smith uh you got you know and devon reed was there too which i think devon reed's been pretty solid 
Um, he, I, he knows his role, I guess, is, is what I would say. Um, and then I thought there were some bright, bright spots with the, with the deep, uh, the deep bench with, um, I thought, you know, uh, Peyton Watson looked good in his, in his seven minutes. He, he looked, you can see the talent that is there. I'd like, you know what? I really think, um, I hope they go, go to this, uh, this year is I, I really like probably Vlaco as a small ball five more than any other, uh, player on this roster, at least in terms of, if you're trying to replicate some things that you're doing with Jokic, well, from a, from a passing standpoint, yeah, and from a, a passing like, position, like, and a that's, position that's it. Like, yeah. like uh, as a passing big, like Vlaco's, he's I've been impressed. Yeah. Um, so far with what he was able to do, more, more so in the Oklahoma City game, uh, than here in in the Chicago game. He was kind of, um, I mean, he had he did have a couple couple of assists, I guess. But uh, you know, I, I thought he's been he's been solid, and then you know, we just need Christian Brown to take a. Take a breath. He'll be fine. I, 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 need, I need Christian Brown to like, yeah, to just let it go. Like, I know he's he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. It just reminds me of Jamal not making a shot for like his first however many games that was where he just he couldn't buy a three forever, you know, and, and I, I feel like Christian Brown's in the same position. Um, my concern more is is with the fact that the Nuggets have to be really small as at the backup five if um, – we don't really want to play DeAndre Jordan. If DeAndre Jordan's not going to, yeah, if DeAndre Jordan's going to play like that, you know. Look at the stat line of, of DeAndre Jordan, and it says he was three for five from the field. And I'm like, it feels like he was like, had been like three for 10. Cause I can't, like, though, if there was only two misses, then they were, I guess it was just only two that I noticed of like him, like, they, they those two misses combined, combined were from a distance of two feet. Like, right. because it, it felt like that's, that's at least what it feels like I keep seeing with DeAndre Jordan is like, just uh, he can't he can't finish like there's no there's no he's got he's fine he's fine in these games when he's going up against a similarly a guy who's like completely washed and you know andre drummond um or or you know when he got uh, i mean vooch um vooch definitely had no problem there was no there's no defense left there that really deandre jordan um was there to display uh I have I have concerns, yeah. I and my concerns remain and his hands that and like dude, he can't he can't hold on to the ball when he's down there. Maybe that was more is less less than like he grabbed it. He probably grabbed like he had three offensive rebounds. I'm pretty sure every single one of those that like like two of them ended up in a missed shot at the rim, and the other one in a turnover. He probably fumbled the ball away. Like it's right brutal, there. man. And I yeah. and again, it's preseason. I I try not to judge too much of preseason, but you can tell some things in preseason. Um, and, and I, I just have issues with uh, the idea he's just, of DeAndre he's washed, Jordan. man. Like he's washed. Like, I'm sorry, DeAndre Jordan. Like I, I know they brought him in to be like a locker room presence. And I think, um, he could certainly be that. Like, I think there's, uh, certainly room for him to be a veteran, but like, well, this, and they, they and what bugs in. me is that like Malone started him uh, instead of like Zeke Naji, right? Because right. Like, that means right now in my eyes and what we saw, you know, everything we've heard about rotation and depth charts so far would indicate that DeAndre Jordan is going to get like 13 minutes a night yep. uh, backing up Nicole Jokic. And it's like, oh, dude, like he can't, like you can't do that. Like anything, 
anything. And, and you know what? You're gonna like if you look at Michael Bowman, you're like, well, he got 10 rebounds. Uh so look at look at that effort on the glass. And it's like, yeah, but it's man, like it's just because he you're the only guy still out there playing like a six foot or a seven foot tall, you know slow guy who can just grab the ball above everybody else's head that's that's there's a place really the that. only skill that DeAndre however has yeah uh, my issue again my issue is that i'm i'm hoping that this is a quick like adjustment but they have to adjust to a guy who's going to be like six nine like that's my yeah. thing you saw how much smaller zignaji was than andre drummond when they yeah and drummond bodied him uh bodied him uh, pretty good yeah I, I mean you know and vlatko's probably a little bit shorter than um than naji so right you know i mean stout vlatko's a stout dude but short so uh, there's nothing wrong with playing a short guy we've seen some six six centers that can really play right or you, you can know? play i mean they, they, they jeff green is another guy that they um they consider yeah. a lot for that small ball five role yeah, but at the same point, like those are those guys are all six eight, six nine. Yep. Like you're not getting a big dude, and so when you play a team that does have big dudes, they're going to put DeAndre so Jordan I, out so there for a big fine. dude. Yeah, and, and I'm totally fine with that. Like, right. Put Andre Drummond out there to play, or put DeAndre Jordan out there to play the Andre Drummonds um, yep. of the world. Like the the totally six fine. or so teams that you'll face that are playing that. But most of the teams are going to be doing the same thing you are, which is playing probably like a six eight, six nine guy off the bench yep. um, as their, uh, and maybe a six ten guy at most. But but it's somebody like a Zeke Naji. Like most guy teams are playing a Zeke Naji style guy um, as their backup center. Like the Nuggets will be fine. And the Nuggets above most teams will be fine doing that because they've got a center that they're going to play 35 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, 30, you've got 35 minutes from a seven-footer who's the best player in the NBA. I think you'll be okay with a backup who's short. It'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. A backup who's not going to – because he's going to be out there with Bones Highland or Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. And probably, probably Bones and MPJ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, you're going to be – he's not going to have to do much. Like, Zeke now should be fine. He can space the court um with with shooting threes and go stand in the corner that's fine uh he's he's looked better i think on the glass a little bit so far i mean yep again like uh, not so much in the chicago game because you know the he uh he got bodied around by um yeah drummond definitely took care of by that. drummond but when he was in in the oklahoma city game and they were again playing a smaller uh a smaller center like he he got six six boards, so it's he he can do it, um, and and that's where I think you put him out there uh, and well, have much like, more yeah. success than DeAndre Jordan, who's going to take away from Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and Bones Highland because the lane is going to basically be completely oh, clogged the whole time because like yeah. nobody's worried about DeAndre Jordan from outside of three feet. No, even inside of three feet. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. As we saw, as we saw in the, in the game against <laughs> but, Chicago. Well, yeah. Well, that's why my my opinion is that the the November offense of uh, for the for the or the November rotation for the bench is not going to be the December rotation for the bench, because I think it's going to show up pretty quickly that if you put Najee in, because Najee can roll his ass out to the three point line and like make threes, and then you can right. have MPJ cut to the hoop, and there's no one in the lane, and you're going to have Bone take people to the to the hoop. And then kick it out to one of your to your three or your four or your five who are like out there who can, you know, make those threes. Because I expect them to to start doing a stagger with Mike where he starts the game and he's going to play some bench minutes 
uh, you know, or some minutes with the bench because I don't think there's quite enough offense with just Bones out there. Right. I think you're going to need another guy. And like you said, sometimes that'll be Maul and sometimes that'll be MPJ. But I do expect that there's going to be a kind of rotation that gets worked out and we won't be able to see it in the preseason. They won't be able to be tested because these guys are all beat up now. So you're going to have to test it in the regular season. And I expect that to be the case that they'll yeah, figure but- out that Jordan, like you said, should play against like Drummond and the other like giant centers off the bench for other people. Yeah. Or for Dwight and- Howard's playing this. Yeah. Yeah. And other, other than that, if it, if you don't have a big stiff out there, that's, you know, going to be annoying, then you just play your small ball five and you go with a scoring, you know, switchable defensive team. Yeah. Uh, for your for your bench unit. And I think that makes perfect sense. And I think we'll get to that, but I don't think we're gonna start with that. Yeah, it looks like we're gonna start with DeAndre Jordan. Yep. Um, which is which is unfortunate. Which is not ideal to me. Yeah. You're also you're also probably gonna see. I I mean I I it feels like Malone's gonna go with a ten man rotation. Yep. Um, which means you're probably seeing Devon Reed at shooting guard. Uh, and also I just you know I I don't know and and Bruce Brown like I don't know um if those guys Bruce Brown and Devon Reed on the wings next to Bones Highland like yeah. if you also have DeAndre Jordan down at the center and then you know Jeff Green like like you said there's there's really no um, offensive go-to guy on that that group other than Bones Highland. Not that Zeke Naji would be a go-to guy, but he would at least not be a complete, like, dead. Uh, it won't be zero shots from outside threat. of the Yeah, a shooting threat like, yeah. like, like, like DeAndre Jordan is. All right, um, we are getting here in time, so I want to get now to, of course, uh, the game that actually is going to be going on here Monday night with the Phoenix Suns. The Suns, um, yeah, you know, everything's not great in the, in Phoenix, right? So you have <laughs> obviously DeAndre Ayton. Um, the Suns are going with uh, the the Gordon Hayward strategy, which worked out great for the Jazz. Yeah. Uh, in terms of in terms of making Ayton go out and get a uh, an offer uh, in restricted free agency for his first. Uh, his first contract and then um, obviously got matched. So now he was had to go back to, to Phoenix. So there's that dynamic. You got Jay Crowder who is uh, not playing because he wants to be uh, traded or extended one of the two. Um, you got, I guess you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker two two guys who, you know, uh, certainly, one no doubt, first skin. ballot Hall of Famer. And yeah, one, one, one of them is great, uh, a great point guard, and one of them is uh, you know a, a, a very up and coming. I mean, arguably the best shooting guard um, in the league right now. Mm-hmm. So there is there's there's still a lot of talent. I guess where do you rank this team? Because you've got this kind of turmoil, but at the, at the end of the day, like you've got Chris Paul, who is who's ageless. Um, and is just going to go down as one of, if not the greatest point guard of all time. Um, he's you've got, like you said, Devin Booker, who's who's as good as any shooting guard um, in the league right now. You've got Mikhail Bridges, who is like a perfect uh, wing, like a a role playing wing on steroids. On like you know, it does everything you could possibly want uh, in that role. A guy who I think. A lot of Nuggets fans were hoping would slight them in the draft, but it didn't work out. Right. Uh, you've got DeAndre Ayton, 
former first overall pick who is there grumpy though he may be he's is still, still good a, a yeah. really good uh force to be reckoned with and so like yeah you got to figure out who's what are you doing with that other four position um but you've got you know you've got a lot of talent what like cam johnson's on that group um campaign though i think those guys might be both be hurt right now uh for phoenix but you've got some there's no doubt that Phoenix has like a really good, well-built roster, but at the same time, like, I don't know, there's something about it that just makes me feel like, yeah, I, I shut down I think... to shut down Devin Booker and makes, make, make Chris ball, like score 25 points on you. Like, you know what I mean? And like, then if they beat you that way, then like, so be it. But I don't know. I just, and of course, they 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 ran right through the Nuggets in the playoffs two seasons ago. Uh, granted, there was no uh, well, like really no backcourt to speak of at all because yeah, you had you did have Jamal Murray, but you also basically had Will Barton was hurt, and Monty Morris was hurt uh, for part of that series or the series before it, and still coming back from injury. So like, yep, you know, I I, I would love a do over with Phoenix. I I, I think DeAndre Ayton gives you some problems. Probably gives Jokic more problems than. Uh, no. any other center I can think of yeah. right now. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just, I just don't, I don't I, see I don't, them. I, don't I, feel, feel I, I probably feel that in fairness, I feel that way about probably every team in the West. Right. Right. There, I don't, there's no team in the West that I'm like, Oh God, the Nuggets can't take them. I'm like, okay, show me what you Golden got. State's probably the one that would worry me the most. Uh, even so they don't have an answer for Jokic. And we proved that like they were terrified of playing Jokic for even one more game. And when they snuck out of there with uh, Draymond Green right now, and, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's not like their chemistry is great either. And chemistry does matter. That's the thing that I'm hoping that doesn't get messed up with like this, Michael, you know, Michael Porter Jeter, know your role thing, because as long as the nuggets are in a good headspace and they're all doing stuff, right. They, they have what other people don't have is they have chemistry. They know who their major stars are. Their major stars have all played together. They, they don't have anybody new to incorporate who's supposed to be a major weight carrier. You know, the Suns have uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, when you're having to answer questions as his coach, uh, do you have to answer like, you know, DeAndre being angry about the fact that he's back and your coach is basically like, nah, I ain't got to talk about that. And I don't have to talk to him about it either. Okay. Like, that's not maybe a great situation. Um, right. And, you know, Chris Paul's hamstrings haven't held up in the best of times, you know, and I don't necessarily expect him to hold up this year either. Like, at some point, that's just going to break down. And then you're looking at, can Booker lead a team, you know, past the Nuggets in the playoffs with an angry center? <laughs> and, uh, you know, assuming that even that Aiton makes it through the whole year, which is not guaranteed. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, the way that Phoenix is set up, I think they're a very talented team. I think they have incredible pieces, but it's fracturing and they were always going to be in a win now mode when they, when they added Chris Paul. So you're at a point now, you know, where, uh, how long, I mean, Chris Paul, again, first ballot hall of famer, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Um, you know, he's 37 years old, right? 30, he'll be 37 yeah, this year. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's 37 now. So like, I just, how long can a guy who's going to turn 38 during the season keep going at this level, at the level that you need him to be at to win a title? 
right. I mean, you're seeing it. Your most important player. It's why, you know, guess what? The Los Angeles Lakers are not the betting favorite right now. Why? Because people understand that like LeBron James is old, like in, in terms of basketball years and like Chris Paul, no different. Like they're now granted Chris Paul, it doesn't, isn't such an athletic phenom. Like, uh, LeBron is, but like still, like these guys are not going to be able to continue to carry their teams uh, by themselves. It's why they they're the up. first option. Yeah, right. It's why it's why they're they're teaming up with other stars to not have to be the first option. But when your first option is Devin Booker um, or DeAndre Ayton, like I don't know, I, I guess I'll take my chances. I, I'll take my chances over you know uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George or a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis or right um, I'll take my chances with De- Devin Booker over uh, Luka Doncic like you know well there why, is, this is why they added guys like Bruce Brown right you right. added guys like that because you didn't have enough guys that could trouble Devin Booker Devin Booker was not troubled by Monte Steph Moore. Curry or Jordan Poole yeah yeah you, you didn't have enough guys so you added guys who could bother them Right, even you know, Bruce Brown and KCP in exchange right. for Monty Morris and you know Will Martin. That I mean, that's what you did. You literally picked these guys up specifically to face Phoenix, you know, and Golden State and some other people who had guards you could not defend. There's a reason that Davon Reed came back. He came back because one of those guys right. might get hurt, and you need a guy who can fill that role. Right. Of, There's a reason you drafted Christian Brown with your yes, first your first round pick, and and even Peyton Watson too. Like the, the Nuggets have absolutely like this offseason. Uh, Calvin Booth went all in on athleticism and defense on the wings. Like yeah. there is the that was the absolute theme on the offense, and, and it was needed because it as you be. saw, like this is yep. this is the way that teams work, right? They they needed to react to two seasons in a row running into teams that had excellent scoring on the wings and just not being able to stop them. Whereas three seasons ago, you're saying, wait a second, you know, they did something the Utah jazz or the Los Angeles Clippers did not have great scoring on the wings uh, out there in the bubble, but you'll remember then the nuggets got Gary Harris back in that series and they had Torrey Craig and they th- had Jeremy Grant and they threw all of those guys uh, at these wing scorers, and when they had those three guys healthy and rolling, that's what got them into the Western Conference. When then they got they got outbodied, they got beaten by a bigger team, um, a stronger team. And so, what did they do? They lost Jeremy Grant. They had to trade Gary Harris, and they right. traded to get the bigger defender, uh, Aaron Gordon, because they had just got done getting beaten by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And then they started getting beat, but now these smaller guys. And so now they finally, like, they finally, to me, have got back to the point where they were in the bubble, where you've got a great wing defender in, yep. in KCP and also now Bruce Brown, a guy who's an upgrade, I'd say, over uh, Torrey Craig for sure. And then you've also still got Aaron Gordon there uh, as your, like, bigger forward, hybrid forward defender can defend threes or fours. And, and be the guy to really kind of make, keep Jokic from having to deal with, um, you know, having to cover like an Anthony Davis or something like that, or having to, as we saw in that bubble, I mean, to have Mason Plumley out there to cover Anthony Davis. Exactly. You know, Which was sort of a problem. You could instead nowadays have, you know, uh, Aaron Gordon on um, Anthony Davis and bring Bruce Brown in to cover LeBron James. And suddenly like, you feel like you've got a good, uh, defensive wing. Well, that's uh, why you want Zeke Naji to get more minutes than DeAndre Jordan because you want Zeke Naji because he is a switchable perimeter four. 
Like that's on his, that's in his skill set. I don't know about this whole him defending like, you know, four positions or whatever that people keep talking about. But, you know, no. Zeke Naji can move his feet. He can get in front of people. He, you know what I mean? He can cut you off from the basket. And all you're asking for is to make shots harder. In the playoffs, you don't stop a lot of guys with the fact that you have no hand checking and now you can't even restrict player movement. I mean, that's the emphasis this year. Right. You know, you can't even get in the way of people cutting across the floor, basically. So, uh, I mean, at this point, all you're trying to do is make sure that rather than getting a straight shot at the basket, they got to go parallel or they got to, you know what I mean? They're, they're shooting it for right. eight feet instead of six. Yeah, and I mean, um, uh, a guy like Zeke Naji is a guy who can, you know, he, he's bulked up a little bit. So, you know, he can defend these small ball fives and he's he can defend fours. Um and you probably don't – I think if you ask him to defend threes, uh, you're going to have a bad time. And as we saw and we've talked about, if you ask him to defend large fives, he's going to have a bad time. But he's versatile enough to give you that extra element of defense yep. off of your bench to basically be your Aaron Gordon hybrid. You know, Off the bench, yeah. Aaron Gordon's probably a little bit better out on the wings than Zeke Naji is. Zeke Naji's got a little bit more height to him, though, to, to maybe take on. To be maybe like you want – throw Zeke Naji at an Anthony Davis exactly. uh, in a situation in the playoffs. Like that would make sense. They, and that makes a lot more sense than like trying to cover him with you know, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Yep. Yeah. Um, any other, any other thoughts on the Phoenix Suns? The Suns, like I said, I, I, I can't really, the, the playoffs are one thing, the regular season, something else. And the preseason is basically nothing. And with the injuries that the Nuggets currently have and the fact that, you know, the Suns aren't quite full either. This isn't really a let's measure ourselves for the season kind of a game. This is just a, oh, yeah, we're going to see these guys. Let's get some reps. Yeah, get get some reps in, see what they're like, you know, and try and get our stuff together. So for me, it's not really a matchup specific thing. Um, The Phoenix Suns will have plenty of time during the season to show their stuff. Um, This is just going to be, let's make sure that our units know what they're doing. We can get some rotations down. If Jokic can play, great. If Jokic can't play, great. You know, like all you got to do is yeah, I think those guys, guys are both, there, take shots. I think those guys are both Jokic and Murray are both doubtful. So that uh, yeah. if you're if you're listed as doubtful, which is to, again usually means dumb. no. Oh yeah, especially in the preseason. Oh, That's what I doubtful. Mean. Um, well, now they're okay. Now, sorry, Katie Winji reporting there. They're questionable uh, for Monday preseason. Yeah, I would. I would. But again, the Nuggets, the Nuggets play games with that man. Like they, yep. they are one of the least reliable NBA teams for whether a guy on your questionable report is going to play. They're bad at that. It's good. It's good. Let's make sure we do that. That you know, we want to have that gamesmanship and that strategy for this preseason game. Preseason game. Yeah, we don't um, want anybody to know nothing about a preseason game. It may be preseason for the players, but for Michael Malone, it's it's go time, baby. Grind every game, uh, baby. Grind <laughs> them all. Yeah, so I, I mean, I expect Michael Porter Jr. will play, and he'll probably get some big minutes. And then that, like, you know, that might then also that'll be the third preseason game in a row that he's played. You see, like, you know, basically they'll they'll lean just like they did against Chicago. They'll lean on him uh, and Bones Highland, and then those two guys. I don't know how much you'll see them play um, in uh, in the preseason moving forward. I'll tell you this: uh, if you are looking for a big time matchup against the Clippers. Out there in Ontario, California. I know it gets confusing. You see Ontario, CA. I know I it, may, it bugs me a lot, but it is in California. Where they're going. I, I tell you this: I would expect um, 
I would expect not a lot of a uh, lot of uh, regulars to be playing in that game, and then well, and that's the other like thing is the dress rehearsal game in the last one. Malone doesn't even show what doesn't like to show his hand. You remember they played, I think it was the Lakers in a preseason game a couple years ago, and they showed nothing. They were like, "No, we're not even going to run a real offense. You right. can't make me show you how to play me." And it was, right. um, it's just that this is how what they do. So no, I don't expect us to work on which specific stuff in the in the preseason absolutely which yeah which is a great point because i wasn't gonna say maybe do like a dress rehearsal against that uh no. that last game of the preseason game but probably not absolutely not because that's golden state it's the warriors we'll be You're seeing not like two days yeah. or two games like later um, right. i fully i fully expect so. the starters to all sit that game honestly and you get your bench a bunch of playing time simply because you you simply don't want to show them anything that's how that's how Malone has run it before. It's not it's not a me choice. Malone has done that before, so I would fully expect the big three to maybe not play at all in that season, in that game, or if they do play, certainly not play in a style in which they will be playing them a couple games later than that for real. Right. Yeah. I mean, this Phoenix game, right? Like I said, it might be the last chance you get to see uh, MPJ maybe even for for well, preseason, and then we may not see Jokic or Murray as well. So. Probably not a ton uh, to take, like we said, after this game. Get some reps in. Uh, get some reps. Get out of there healthy. Yeah, uh, don't hurt anybody else. And uh, DeAndre Jordan can hang on to the ball. Yeah, little things. Just little things. All right. Well, I guess with that, we will uh, we will get out of here. So make sure you guys We are great us. hype people for the Nuggets. Don't worry. <laughs> That's it. Well, next week, hey, next week we'll be talking – uh Next, about uh, regular season about really? regular season opening night so uh make sure you guys are following us on twitter i'm at zach Nikosh. gordon is at g money nugs um make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast uh leave us a rating if you think we deserve it and otherwise uh we will talk to y'all next week Listen.